Scripture says our God is a consuming fire. I don't know about you, but that verse is a little bit overwhelming to me. What does it mean? What is it trying to tell us? And how are we supposed to respond to it? How is it relevant to our lives? You know, as we prepare to have a conversation with our kids about Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, that says, our God is a consuming fire. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and praying about it. And as we prepare for this discipleship conversation, I have a few thoughts I'd like to send your way about this very topic. So let's get going with the intro, and then we'll dive right into what does it mean that our God is a consuming fire? What truth are we speaking into the next generation? What legacy are we creating for those we care about? Are we making a difference so that our kids will know Jesus? Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and the answers to these questions really matter to me. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm sure they matter to you too. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry, and we are convinced that there's power in our Jesus stories, that God's Word is life-changing, and that discipleship doesn't have to be intimidating. So join us as we talk about faith, Scripture, relevant topics, intentional discipleship, and the next generation. Friends, it starts with a conversation. So let's get going on this podcast right now. During our 2020 vision check, we have been talking about resetting our sights and looking to certain things based on Hebrews 12. We've talked about looking to godly examples from Hebrews 12.1. We've talked about looking to Jesus from Hebrews 12.2. We've talked about looking to God's unshakable kingdom from Hebrews 12.28. And now we arrive to the final conversation in this series that is look to our God from Hebrews 12.28 and 29. Our scripture this week says, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Upon reflection, I can begin to understand the part about offering worship to God, but wrapping my head around what it means that He is a consuming fire, that feels really difficult to me. I don't quite understand what it means. Should I be afraid? Should I be terrified? Should I be encouraged or inspired? What does it mean? Well, as I've spent time thinking and praying about this verse, I have gone back to the original context of this passage. And you know, that's what we need to do when we want to understand scripture. We need to look broader. We need to look deeper. We need to look sometimes back to the Old Testament to find the roots. And the foundation of Hebrews 12 is found back in the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. But most especially, I want to highlight Exodus. So Moses encounters the fire of God for the first time when he was in the wilderness. He was in the desert. He was taking care of his sheep. And all of a sudden, inexplicably, a bush starts burning. In that moment, 
Moses knew that he wasn't just encountering a natural phenomenon. He knew that it was supernatural because the bush did not burn up. It was not consumed by the fire. And he took his shoes off and he began to treat that as a holy moment, knowing that he was encountering God, that he was hearing God's voice. And as you know, if you're familiar with the story, in that moment, God speaks to him and tells him to go back to Egypt to lead his people out of bondage, out of slavery. So Moses returns to Egypt. He talks to Pharaoh. He delivers the message, let my people go. And after the 10 plagues, after many events, Moses leads the people out of Egypt. Now, I have to say this about the culture of the people of Israel and of the whole world at that time. Fire was not something special to them at that point. It was a very earthy. It was a very common part of their lives. And I think sometimes we might miss this because we don't think in context of what their lives were about. But think about this with me for a moment. If they wanted to cook their food, they lit a campfire. If they wanted to light their way through the darkness, they lit a torch. Fire wasn't just a special thing they did when they went camping like we do. It was a normal everyday part of their lives. So when they fled Egypt, when they crossed the Red Sea, and all of a sudden they began to see the cloud by day and the fire in the sky at night, this took fire to a whole new level, a whole new experience for them. And they recognized, like Moses did with the burning bush, that this fire was supernatural. This was the fire of God. And the cloud by day and that burning fire by night began to lead them guide them and protect them. And then as they went through the wilderness, they arrived at a place called Mount Sinai. Now this mountain was a holy mountain. It was set apart. It was the place where Moses began to go and have encounters with God. The people would stand at the base of the mountain and they would look up and they would see this mountain literally on fire. And then after 40 days and 40 nights, Moses would come down from the mountain and he would speak to the people what God had told them to say. Now, I live in the foothills of Pikes Peak. Multiple years ago, there was the Waldo Canyon fire that sadly and unfortunately set our front range on fire. And we still see the scars from that today. That fire was a truly horrifying experience, but Mount Sinai ablaze was a completely different experience. Colorado Springs front range on fire was one thing, but I have never seen Pikes Peak, the mountain, on fire. I've watched the sunrise over that mountain. I've watched clouds move over that mountain. I've watched snowfall on that mountain. And I've sat and watched sunsets over that mountain. But I have never seen it ablaze. That is an entirely different experience. And that is what the people of Israel were experiencing when they were standing at the base of Mount Sinai. They were watching a mountain burn, but not be consumed. From that mountain, Moses came down to the people. He gave them the law of God, and he wrote the words, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. 
So the people of Israel, they had campfires that they cooked with. They had torch fires that they lit their way with. They were familiar with fire. But this was a completely different experience. It was a completely different phenomenon, something supernatural that gave them a picture into who God is. That is the context in which Hebrews 12 is written when it says, Our God is a consuming fire. But what does this mean for us? How does this affect our lives? I'd like to propose that the consuming fire of God is as relevant and meaningful to our lives as it was to the people of Israel when they experienced the extraordinary fire by night and fire on Mount Sinai. And to understand this, we go to the Gospels, one of my very favorite Bible stories. In fact, if there was a moment in history where I could have been a part of the experience, this is it. Dr. Luke wrote in his Gospel, in Luke 24, the story of two disciples who were walking the road to Emmaus after Jesus' crucifixion in Jerusalem, and they were so discouraged, and they were so disappointed, and then all of a sudden, a stranger shows up and begins walking with them, walking and talking and explaining the scriptures to them and helping them understand how all the Old Testament stories and experiences and prophecies related to what had just happened in Jerusalem. When the two disciples finished their long walk to Emmaus, they turned and invited the stranger to join them for dinner. And when dinner was prepared with a campfire, no less, I'm certain, they turned to the stranger and said, would you bless the food for us? And he agreed. He prayed a blessing over the meal and then he disappeared. And immediately in that instant, the two disciples, they realized that it had been Jesus, resurrected Jesus walking that road with them. And this is what they said that I think is so relevant to us. They said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he walked with us, when he talked with us, and their hearts were so consumed with passion for our Lord Jesus Christ that they put out the campfire and they started running back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples, we have encountered Jesus. We have had a holy moment. Jesus is alive. He is living. He is indeed God. He is indeed Lord of all. And thus begin the events that follow Jesus' resurrection. Wow. That is one of my favorite stories in all of scripture. And this is where I think it all ties together and becomes relevant to us. Does your heart burn with a holy fire for God? When you get into his presence, do you feel his passion burning inside of you? When you sing worship songs, when you hear worship songs, do you experience something different in your heart? When you get into his word and you hear his voice, does not his fire burn within you? When you hear truth that you know is from him, do you feel that inside of your heart, in the core of your being? I don't know about you, but that's what I want to experience with God. I do want to experience his consuming fire in that way. And what's more, 
I want my children to experience that. I want my friends to experience that. I want you to experience that. Our God is a consuming fire. There is so much bad in our world right now, and we can set our vision and just look to that. But we can also reset our vision and look to our God. We can take hold of what is good, His consuming fire, His consuming fire that transforms us, that purifies us, that refines us, that creates us into the people He wants us to be, people who are pure and holy, people who are set apart, who are living for Him, people who experience Him for who He is, the passion of His fire burning in our hearts. The author of Hebrews wrote in chapter 12, For you have not come to a mountain that may be touched, a blazing fire, a darkness, and gloom, and tempest. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festive gathering and to the assembly of the believers who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Oh, friend, may his consuming fire light a passion in us. For we have been invited into an extraordinary, supernatural, life-changing, eternity-impacting experience. And let it light the flame of passion for our God inside of us today. Thank you for spending time with me in this podcast episode. I encourage you to turn around and go and talk to those entrusted to you. Disciple them about what it means to encounter God, to experience Him. Discipleship starts with a conversation. And the discipleship conversation that goes along with this episode can be found at familydiscipleme.org as well as in the show notes below. Now, I want to pray the blessing over you. This blessing was one that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai, a blessing that we're able to pray to this day. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His countenance towards you and give you peace. Now go with God, friend. May His fire burn brightly in your heart today.